You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 158, sponsored by InStock Trades, iVerse Comics, and Vexiel from Funimation. One take! Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. It's episode 158. My name is Connor. I'm here with Ron. Hey, it's me, Ron. And Josh. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, how is everyone tonight? I would like to thank uh, Ron and um, oh, Connor. Okay. For joining hey, me. Weird. <laughs> At iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics. Some weeks are better than others, and one of us picks the best one and writes about it on the website, and we talk, we talk about it on the podcast, along with other various interesting things like viewer email or listener email, depending on what the fuck kind of show this is. <laughs> we do so many shows. But before we get to the show, a reminder, this is a review show, so we'll be talking about the books. There will be spoilers. If you haven't read your books yet, pause the show, come back after you're done. You'll thank us later. Josh. Yes. You sorry bastard. You had the pick of the week this uh, week. I did. I did. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm very nervous. I don't. I don't do podcasting very often. I. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what that's about. I don't know anyway. what voice that is, and it's freaking me out. It was like a nervous, <laughs> too professional guy. Oh, okay. It sounded like nervous Augie to bleak. To it me. did. It's well, a, except that you've lost your ability to do Augie. So that's why it wasn't him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see, it was just <laughs> it sounded very close though. Well, I only have one deep voice. <laughs> I. You know, I can. I can make my deep my voice deep, and it sounds like this. Yeah. You know what are you gonna do? It's guy smiley. Who knows. All right. All uh, right. Very all good. right. We should just do Great. the whole show like this. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> I don't believe that I can give a serious critique while talking like this. <laughs> well, you don't really have to because I'll be honest with you. This week was bad. I was a B week. Oh, it was, it was a C week at that. At best. At it best. Took me three day- it took me three days to read my ten books because I kept picking them up and going, ugh. You were like you were like a depressive comic reader. It was like Friday. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, that's a shit week. And I was just like, yeah. like, Jesus, Connor, just read them and get it over with, please. Uh, there was like one or two good books, but the rest were just very, very average. Go ahead. Well, that, that being said, uh, my pick of the week was Final Crisis Resist. Uh, which, which was one of the good ones. Which was – thank you for your, your validation. Uh Final Crisis Resist was by Greg Rocca and Eric Troutman, who is not as mysterious as he once was, uh, and an art by Ryan Sook. And basically this is, uh, as Final Crisis takes hold and the world is ending over in the DC Universe, there's a small pocket of resistance, uh, hence the title, uh, and it's everybody who's left in Checkmate. Uh, and in the end, it's about four people. And I would not have, I don't, I don't think I would have noticed this. I may have when I was looking through the, the stands. Um, but Connor said, make sure you get this. And so I, I checked a little pull box on iFanboy when I made my list. And uh, and, and literally no um, no justification for it being a bad week. This was a fantastic comic book. Um, this was as good as any issue of Checkmate. And it had occurred to me recently that I was like, I'm, I'm, I miss Checkmate. And, and then there are some who will say, well, there's still a Checkmate. But you know, go fuck yourself. Come on. I think, you had, I think it ended, actually. I think they, they oh, did it. Yeah, yeah they, they got killed. killed. Well, there you go. What's his face killed it? Bruce Jones. Yeah. Bruce Jones. Yeah, he'll do that. Yeah, fuck that um, guy. <laughs> we're swearing a lot tonight. Woo! <laughs> <is a> salty, <laughs> salty episode. Um, a, uh, I haven't seen Ryan Sook in a little while. I remember He's that a, name. I remember that yeah, name. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, you should remember that name. Yeah. And, and everybody else should remember that name because he's excellent. Um, he's really excellent. Really, it had the flavor of those of those JG Jones Final Crisis issues. Like that, it, it it's in it's you know it's not quite as polished as that, but it's definitely got that same sort of flair to it, which I really liked. I think he's gotten better, or at least he was he was good on this book. Um, well, he he adapts his style to the story. Huh. So this is him, I think, doing a similar style because he he's also done very bl- like black heavy, yeah. shadowy heavy sort of cartoony stuff. That all depends on the story. He did the. Um, Zatanna story for the Seven Soldiers, mm-hmm. which looks totally different from this. So he, I think he takes whatever you know. I think he, he's intentionally not well, aping, but intentionally drawing similarly to JG Jones. He's good at that, then. Yes, very my, good. My, um, and and then um, Rucka and Troutman uh, sort of just n- without breaking stride, sort of pick these characters up again, um, and we're we're treated to a, a little story. And and the thing that really really impressed me about this was at the end of it. Uh, I, I had I was trying to sort of describe what happened in the issue, and I realized how many things were accomplished in this issue, and how sort of essential it seemed to the whole final crisis story. Because it, you know, it seems according to this story, all of that stuff that we saw at the end of the last final crisis—the little you know groups of of people who were banding together to they've all been defeated apparently. I guess um, this made it sound like there was nobody left except for Mister Terrific. Uh, snapper car, <laughs> uh, lab, and the thinker. Well, we'll find out. I mean, they they couldn't find anyone. But doesn't necessarily mean there's no one there. Sure, they um, couldn't they couldn't get anybody on the radio, which could mean anything. I can't get I can't get you guys on the phone. I don't assume you're dead. Yeah. Well, you, you know, Connor, just, you can always get me on the phone. You know that you're just out living lives while I sit here. I I beg is. to differ with you, my friend. <laughs> uh, but either way, like a, a lot of stuff happened in this. Uh, they they came up with a solution. Uh, Sasha Bordeaux apparently uh, kicked it uh, in this. She died? Very close. Sort of. She was infected because she has the OMAC stuff in her. Yeah. Uh, she was infected by the um, by the anti-life equation, so she shut down her, her human her sh- consciousness and let the OMAC take over. However, the, the crux of the story was that in order to it's very complicated. Like in order, to, in order to activate all the OMAX worldwide, the 11 million of them to fight the dark side people, mm-hmm. she had to um, turn her body back on so they could get the code out of her. And in doing that, it, she died. Oh, in in doing see. that, she allowed the anti-life to, to take over. Um, so theoretically, she's dead, although it's, you know, it's a comic book. But uh, either way, there was so much plot. And it was so sort of deftly handled. And it's just so many little things happen. And, and all the, at the same time, all, even all the character stuff was really interesting. You know, the stuff between Mr. Terrific and Sasha because they have the relationship. And, you know, he's got issues because his, his, his wife had died before. And Snapper, who apparently isn't a joke now. He's um, Jack Bauer, basically. Yeah, he's all, he teleports all over the place. And then he, he like, had a sexual affair with, uh, with Cheetah. Wait, 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 wait. He had a sexual affair? He had a sexual affair. Um, wow. no emotional affair. No, yeah, yeah, no there was like, no emotions whatsoever. It was just sexual. It was. Wow. It was he's end of the world sex, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. that's the yeah. You got to do that. Yeah. And then, and then, so then, like right at the end of it, the uh, anti-life Grod comes in and starts pounding on him. And he's like, "Really, I can only get rid of myself here. He can only <laughs> teleport himself out." So he takes off, and then, like a panel later, he comes back and gets her out of guilt, which fucks him up and now he can't teleport anymore so they get stuck in antarctica and all of the you know the anti-life people are all beaten at the door and it's sort of the the end of the world and they figure out a way to activate the omax uh omax by the way jack kirby just like the anti-life um it's all comes down to jack kirby it certainly does with this one also the other uh both 
both major events happening right now really rest on Jack Kirby. Yeah. Um, and and uh, and he won't get his due for it. But it, I just I this was a great great comic book, and it it made me it made me sad that the checkmate didn't exist. But I was just really impressed by the craft and the fun of it. And I, you know. I really, since we talked to Troutman that one time, like we used to like give Rucka all the credit, but I really think that it's sort of the two of them working together and having a lot of fun with it. It's funny because we talked, we we hung out on Wednesday, and I hadn't read my books yet, and you said it was a clinic. It was like a this issue was like a clinic for our comic book writing, and it really was because you're right. It was a, it was densely packed with story, but it, it was never too confusing, and it was all it all had its own flow, and it was it was it felt like you got your money's worth. There's so many books these days. That costs three ninety nine. This is one of them, mm-hmm. but most of them feel like you read, you're done. You're like, I paid four dollars for that. But this felt like a, this was meaty. This had a good amount of entertainment value. I thought it was double sized. It like felt I, like it. I went back and I was like, was this a super issue? No, it was. It was just regular. Good stuff. Yeah. So and yeah, no. I think what it really encapsulates is that one thing Final Crisis is doing really well is tone. Mm-hmm. They're really nailing the idea. Of this feels this feels like the end of the world. Well, Whether or not it is and how it affects anything else aside, just taking it on its own face value, they do a really good job of making you feel the dread of this being the end for these people. Yeah. It, you know, one of the other things I noticed is that I felt that this, again, painted a clearer picture of what the world is actually like than, than the Grant Morrison parts. Um, it just gave you a more specific view of what it is you're actually looking at. Because the Grant Morrison but, stuff is also jumping around to so many different things that it isn't always clear exactly what's happening. But with this, I, I had no problem. I understood it. Well, exactly. they're, able, they're able to focus on just one aspect of it. But yeah. just a point, point of reference, this is actually a double-sized issue. Oh, is it? It's a 40-pager, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, still good. But it still felt like I mean, it still felt like there's a lot going on no matter what the page, page rate. I mean, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of stuff going on here. Was a lot of guys, stuff, I, I didn't tell you this. I, I can't count. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I've kept this a secret. I mean, 158 episodes. Um, I don't know how I've made it this far, but I tell you, it feels good to get it off my shoulder. We're here for you, Josh. We're supporting you. All right. In your I'm, time, I'm, I'm, I'm here for all three of you. Wait, <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> maybe Josh shouldn't be handling the books. <laughs> Just saying. Just throw that out there. Listen, I think... I, the million dollar checks will be here any day now. I've, I've checked the figures eight times. <laughs> Or was it four? I, I don't know. On top of the tone, I think it does a real, this, this really did feel like a checkmate capper. You know, like yeah. you read the first 25, or not 25, however many issues they went with Rucka. 25. Was it 25? Yeah. They it went. could have been. I can't count. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this really felt like the end of that story, you know, because we see mo- almost everybody from that story is in here at some point, and whether or not they get taken over or they make their last stand, they're all in here. And it's sort of the, the end. And I like the fact that checkmate is the last badass group to survive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was it really makes sense in the world that Rayoka and Trotman set up in this in the series. It was really, really, really good. This is well, the end, my friend. There's, there's, these, there's these, no these, qualifications this, that it was like a bad week or anything. Oh, this, it, it, on a regular week, it would be really good. This was these Final Crisis specials have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, take this with uh, with the Flash books and, and and Green Lantern last week. It, they've all been really strong, um, and they're all they're all sort of. It's funny because they're all sort of managed by the Fifty Two guys. Yep, Rucka and, and Johns and Morrison. Oh, look at that! And not Wade. And not Wade. Well, Wade's doing Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but Ooh. I think this was really good. I, this was really really strong, and I'm just I'm so happy with this event. It, 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 you don't want to compare it to Secret Invasion just because they're both events, but they're, they're, this Final Crisis is doing a really good job of being this self-contained um, story that is moving forward and is really making you feel the consequences of what's happening. I do like that all the other books are allowed to do their thing. 
Yeah. So I don't feel like, even though Final Crisis is late, I don't feel like it's affecting all of the other books in the line. Like, I can read the Superman books or I can read the Batman books, and I don't really care that they're tied in or not, even though they necessarily should be, I guess. Right. So I'm cool with that. Either way, it was a really good 98-page story. (laughs) (laughs) You're not letting that joke die. I like it. That's dedication. Good job. (laughs) Too easy. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I didn't read it. You should have. You liked Checkmate. I know. I didn't buy it. I didn't read it. I'm going to go back and buy it this week. So, Well, another book that people really liked on iFanboy, which was, I think, was the second highest rated pick of the week book. Uh, Final Crisis was the first highest. Um, but Gigantic number 1 from Rick Remender was the second highest picked. This was a lot of fun. This was, I mean, like, I, I was, I was, it was funny because I knew nothing of this project. And then when we talked to Rick on the Talks, Talks Blowed episode, he, ta- he told us about it. And I remember, Josh, I was like, I was like, well, tell me more about that. Um, and I, I thought, I, I sat down and read this. I read this on the plane and I was flying back to San Francisco from New York. So I really got to, like, you know, sit there and just, you know, pour over every page. And I, I, I just liked every, every page of this. Every, I liked the concept. I liked the execution. I liked the, the bit of the red herring with the characters in the beginning and then the action and the, the robots and the aliens and stuff like that. It was, it was just like, this did it for me. And, you know, I know we're, you know, like we're, you know, we like, we pretty much, it seems like we like anything Remender writes, but this, this was, this is uh, once again, taking a genre, the Japanese kind of, you know, big sci-fi robot kind of thing and doing it in a way that is really modern and really engageable, you know, if that's a word. Can I... break it? Break it down for people who don't know what the story is. Uh, basically, what it is, the concept is we're introduced to in the very beginning. We see um, this alien type guy five thousand years ago uh, dictating, barking orders to his staff. As and it reveals that they're building Earth, and what it is is that they're building Earth to be a uh, a channel of entertainment for cosmic television for this alien race. That what they're going to do is they're going to build this planet, and it's going to have you know uh, mixes of climates and and uh, unstable environments, and and they're going to build a race of people who are emotional and unstable and, and, and tend to go to war and things like that and it's all for the entertainment of whatever this alien race is and so then it fast forwards to today um, and it's in San Francisco and again all the good comics happening in San Francisco I'm just saying um, and we see a kind of a, a young couple kind of starting their day and then out of nowhere this huge gigantic robot cut, bursts into the onto Market Street and and it starts crushing people and and you and it's a combination of you get the reaction of the crowd and the guy who's in the robot who doesn't want to be hurting anybody and you see you get the sense that he's on the run that he's trying to escape from somebody um and then these aliens come out of nowhere and they have a big huge fight across uh, san francisco and you get the idea that this is a guy who's trying to rebel against his kind of um his overlords or whoever the people that run the the entertainment network um, and then it ends with a couple of aliens kind of talking, and one guy's like, "Hey, are you watching Channel Earth?" He's <laughs> like, "This is the best episode ever." So it's it's a cool concept in that, like the you know kind of the the cosmic, um, almost like what uh, what Claremont did with Mojo in the X Men universe and with Longshot in the two thousands, where it's a it's a society of um, you know people who are bound by entertainment, and they you know they create these you know kind of beings to entertain them. Um, with a, a little bit of the Truman Show, a little bit of that sort of thing, like we're being watched and you know by Truman Show, it's a little Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, a exactly. Little, a little uh, bit of all those things. King yeah. Kong, uh, Godzilla. Yeah, kind of thing. Ex- exactly. I, exactly. I just say because you you didn't mention this that uh, Eric Gwynn, who many of you probably don't know from Strange Girl. Yeah. Um, us, not a lot of people have read it. Uh, he killed on this. He nailed it. Fucking I mean, nailed I, it. If yeah. you just look at the cover, if you go to the iFanboy and you look at the cover and you get this sort of scale of what um, he was doing, yep. with, like you're looking at the giant monster from the ground 
and and it's just every page is like that. Like the the pages are huge. You know what yeah. I mean? They just they're they're gigantic. One would say. Yeah. Um, but he killed it. Yeah. I mean, and it's really it was really really impressive. These these really big action filled, the 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 um the perspectives used were were great. The, um, yeah, the angles used for panels and just the the combination of the of going from people to these huge robots to back to the people and just seeing and like this is the kind of thing where like this dude trashed San Francisco. I mean, it ends with him blowing up and destroying you know the downtown San Francisco. But leading up to that, he's smashing into buildings. People are you know getting crushed. Like it was a very realistic portrayal of what would happen if a huge gigantic robot landed on Market Street. You know, um, it was just, it, uh, he just, it was really good. Really, really good. So. Yes. Connor, did you read it or so. no? Trade waiting. No. <laughs> Trade waiting. <laughs> Trade waiting. Trade waiting. Uh, it's Friday. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, but it was really, really good. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, you all check it out. And I don't know if this is supposed to be a mini or an ongoing or whatever, but I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm in, I'm enthralled though. So. This this might be the most popular reminder book on iFanboy. Wow, it's a good jumping on point. I yeah, think that definitely the, from the explode thing and there's something what everybody can jump on at the beginning. Uh, I was really glad to see a lot of people try it. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and they liked good. it, which is also good. Yes, yeah. it's big freaking Justice robots. Society. How can you not like big freaking robots? So, Justice Society of America twenty. I feel like I'm barely hanging on to this. It's starting to drag. It's starting to drag. One thing I got to say about this, and it is. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel. Very yeah. mature. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. I learned that. No, I, I don't think it's dragging. I think I'm just barely having, holding on. I think this, this Power Girl story is moving too quickly. I don't understand. I'm not. I'm barely keeping up with it. Oh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't like Power Girl. I just don't care. I don't well, care. Yeah. I, there's a whole other story going on. Yeah. Uh, with Gog, and I find that much more interesting than this. Because... Yeah, the fact that Gog wasn't in it until the very, very end in a, in a tease, that, that that's upsetting. Yeah. 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 And I'm, they're probably connected in some way, but I don't know. I didn't care. Like, it, like it was like, by the end where, where the other Power Girl was still mad, <laughs> I, like, I get it. You're <laughs> mad at this one because you're unhinged. Yeah. And so on and so forth. <laughs> Still mad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the Justice Society Infinity. There, I said it. Yeah, I'm fine without them too. Yeah, I, just, I would well, also it, like I think crazy. You need to have a reverence for the for that Silver Age stuff or not? I mean, this is oh no, Silver no, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I like the Silver Age stuff. I just don't like the Robin. I don't like the. That's I, that's I, that's yeah. the team from the Silver Age. That right. is the Justice Society. That's what they looked like. No, that's I know. who they were. I know. I just don't so like you them. either like that. You either like that stuff or you don't. I, no, really I do like that. it. I, I liked the scenes in. I just like these two. Okay, well, I like the scenes in Earth 2. I like the Ordway art. I liked all that stuff about it. I liked the character moments. Was the stuff with, with Mr. Terrific was really good. Yeah. But yeah, that was- um, at the end, I was just like, I don't really know why we spent all that time with Power I mean, I know Power Girl's sort of been the underlying story throughout the GOG thing, and they're, they're bringing the B to the A story, which is sort of a classic sort of storytelling technique, but... At the end of it, I didn't really know why we we did the journey. For this I mean, it's, it sounds like it sounds like it, it got it, the reason for this was to get uh, Alan Scott and Mr. Terrific to want something from Gog. Right. That's yeah. yeah so mm. yeah. yeah. Oh well. I would like uh, Starman to go back to being crazy. I I, okay. I would like to agree with you on that, Mr. Flanagan. Of course, of course. So would he? Yeah. <laughs> it appears he does not want to be sane. Yeah. That upsets him. Although he has very nice jammies, apparently they can make black holes. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Your jammies do made, that? Made by the three Brainiac Fives from the Legion of Three Worlds miniseries that's happening right now. Nice. Yeah. Tie it, tie it all in together, Jeff Johns. All right, people. All right. Uh, 
God, thank God Jeff Loeb came out with a book this week. I'm because... mad. I'm mad because I didn't know he wrote it, and I realized after I bought it, and I went, ah! I didn't hate it. Ultimatum number one, uh, the, the uh, five-issue miniseries that's going to change the status quo of the Ultimate Universe. Um, oh, it is. <laughs> um, uh, it is. Yeah, no, it is. I, I'm not. I, I'm. That's, that's how it's being touted. I'm not. I'm not yeah. making fun of it. I'm just saying. Um, uh, so Jeff Loeb writing, David Finch uh, with art, uh, which I thought was hit and hit and miss. I thought there were some things that Finch did really, really well. The action, um, the Fantastic Four did not look. They looked like the normal Fantastic Four, not kids as they're supposed to be um but you know whatever what are you gonna do um, i've never really i've never really been a big fan of his but it was you know it was serviceable yeah there was like, some good panels the big flood was was a cool panel yeah so, cool so, so, so essentially we have all these little snapshots of all the ultimate heroes the fantastic four spider-man um the avengers or the ultimates or whatever the hell they're called um and then the x-men and then a huge tidal wave hits uh manhattan and floods manhattan and destroys it um and so, of course, everyone assumes it's Namor, but it's not Namor. It's Magneto. So, and that's the the, the, the actual easier choice. Yeah, <laughs> so let's not make it, it the one that's most obvious, but the one we've used the most. Well, no, no. It, 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 I mean, I think Jeff Loeb's taking a lot of easy punches here. For, for I mean, this is this is all tied into whether you like it or not. It, this was set up earlier in the in the yeah. ultimate story, so it makes sense from that point of view. It's not like he's taking the easy route. This has been set up for a while. This is right. He's getting revenge in the world for killing his kids, and that's that's the story they set up before. So that's right. fine. Um, I didn't have a pro- I thought the story was was good in what it set up the stakes, and the stakes are high, and people are presumably dead. There's a chance that some of the Fantastic Four are dead. There's a chance some of the X Men are dead. Yeah. And 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 we know from talking to people that people are actually going to die, big name people. So we'll see. And it's I thought it was I thought it was like a solid three star, you know, bo- if it had better art bordering on a four star book. Wow. And I, th- I found it more exciting than, than Secret Invasion, and I thought it did a better job of... I like seeing the X-Men together with the, with the Ultimates and Spider-Man. I like seeing the whole universe being in one's big story. It feels important. Yeah. You see um, uh, Magneto has Thor's hammer at the end? Yeah, he stole it from him in the Ultimates. Yep. yep. So, yeah. It was good. Meh. I don't know if it was it good. Was great. It was yeah, great. It, it was great. It was like a good three-star yeah. comic. It was... It was it was exciting and what it was, it was did what it, it did its job. Basically. It changes the status quo. I uh, I saw it was Jeff Loeb and I didn't buy it. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not in. Tell me, no, let, let well, me maybe, know what happens at the end. Maybe now that he he doesn't have a day job, he can he can focus on writing comics uh, good again and not just nah. going through the motions. Motions. Meh. Nah. Nah. Anyway, I hope that everyone who enjoyed it, and I know that some people did, yeah. they can continue to enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll keep reading it. I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I, because I, I like, I like the Ultimate Universe and Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men and and, and all that kind of stuff. So I want to be aware of what happens. It's just, you know, I don't know, just Jeff Loeb. All right. Um, yeah. So Ultimatum number one. Check it out if you care about the Ultimate Universe. Uh, but I want to tell you all about Vexil from Funimation. Um, hey, Josh, Connor, are you guys ready for some cyberpunk? Sure. Always, always. Yeah. Well, then, hold on. I got to start up my Steam engine. No, wait, that's Steampunk. <laughs> Steampunk my yeah. bad. You've got to check out Vexiel. It's a two-disc special edition um, from Funimation, available now on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, it's from the creators of Appleseed, and it's an anime movie uh, about the dangers of cutting-edge science. Uh, the cutting-edge science of robotic biotech. Um, it's, it looks like a really cool science fiction um, anime. Uh, Geek Magazine uh, co- said that it was quote-unquote balls-to-the-wall action. Um, in the battle between man and machine, huma- humanity stands to suffer the most. 
so you guys can check out 30 minutes of clips from the movie at Funimation.com forward slash Vexil, and that's uh, V-E-X-I-L-L-E. That's two L's, so V-E-X-I-L-L-E. Um, if you like anime, if you like science fiction, if you like you know kind of cyberpunk kind of stuff, if you like Neil Stevenson, that sort of thing, uh, definitely check out Vexil. It's going to be up your alley. I was looking at some of the clips on the website. It looked really, really cool, so I'm, I'm going to watch it. So, uh, so that's Vexil from Funimation. All right. So, um, uh, let's go back to Brooklyn. What do you say? Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to Brooklyn number two. Uh, Garth Ennis, Jimmy Palmiotti, and Mahalio Vukulik. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, um, he's an interesting artist, that's for yeah. sure. But it, I, liked, I liked this issue a lot better than the first one. I did, too. I yeah. thought it was really strong. Uh, I thought it had really good – I thought the characterizations were really strong. He does so good. With so little, Garth yeah. Ennis making and making his characters feel real, but yeah. it was really exciting. I thought it was a really strong second issue, better than the first issue. Yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I don't know. I, I just it's good if you like you know crime mobster kind of stories that sort of thing. You you should be checking this out if you like Italian, you know New York, you know Goodfellas that sort of thing. It's, this is definitely worth reading. I really I think that if, for me, if you're going to have a story about gunplay. Uh, there's really nothing more interesting than close-up shotgun gunplay. Yes, <laughs> I think that really. No, I also really... like I also like guy traveling all around New York City with shotgun under coat and not nobody noticing. <laughs> I think that's I think I think that's okay. I think yeah. that would happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's the most realistic thing about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I I think less likely is shooting off the shotgun all over the place in the city. Yeah. and nobody catches on. Yeah, exactly. Shotguns are quite loud and. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. New York, uh, even Brooklyn, uh, quite dense. Uh, the, people sort of everywhere. When he went after the guy for the tape and blew off the hand and then blew off the foot, like that was yeah. that was some hardcore shit. That was awesome. That was really cool. Um, yeah, it was good. The only thing, the only thing I'm not buying is the, I don't want to say middle aged, but older girl walking around with the tied up. Yeah, shirt. I saw that. I was just like, oh, the girl, the girl from the neighborhood's got a little. She's she's really cute. He's, <laughs> See, that that exists. That's real. They just drew her sympathetically. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no. I li- listen, dude. That happens. Uh, they just don't look like that. Uh, in my neighborhood, it happens. Granted, I'm in Queens, not Brooklyn, but I can't imagine it's much better. Hey, how you doing? It was really good. A really, really good cliffhanger. Which yeah, it was very good. Yeah, very, very good. All right, cool. Also really good was Amazing Spider-Man 576, and I have to say that I've been on the record before saying not being a big fan of Chris Bocciolo. This was great. But I, re- I really like his art in, this, in, this, in these last two issues. The, the, I mean, this, this story was awesome. It was great. I really yes. liked the use of Hammerhead and Mr. Negative and, um, and, just, and Joe Kelly. You know, we haven't seen him on, on a, big, big, uh, a big, you know, big name book, big two book in a while. At least I haven't. Um, and he nailed it. I mean, this 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 yeah. is a great. This is a fun issue. Yeah, Joe Kelly is entering his uh, his renaissance. Yeah, I really think he is. I agree with that. I I agree with that sentiment. Good, <laughs> but this this is, this has been a really fun really fun arc. And I always find Bachelot too confusing, but he he reined it in, and he has some really interesting compositions in this in this issue. Yeah, and the last one too. Good stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, what? Uh, and next we- next month is next week actually. Sorry, is a. Uh, Punisher and Spidey. What is this? 1995. Where's Wolverine? That's the <laughs> nice. That's the tagline next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You threw me off there. Uh, it, made me, it made me laugh when I finished it up. That's all I wanted to share. What is this? 1995. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> 
boy, if it was 1995, that's a do-over I need. Um, here's your here's your high school diploma. Okay, I got a couple ideas, and I'm going to try this time out. Oh, finance this time. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm not going to spend so much time making a really kick-ass version of us on uh, EA 97. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. But every, every minute was worth it. Yeah, that was like three weeks of my life. <laughs> like, if I think of what I, what I could have been doing then. Anyway, um, uh, House of Mystery number seven. Speaking of Houses of Mystery, uh, the way that this works is that there are, all these people are trapped in this house. It's not unlike in Sandman, the house at the end of the, the, the house at the end of the world tavern at the end of the what was that called uh, whatever house of lame um, yeah it's no, actually, no, yeah it's very true. similar isn't it isn't it the same it's, thing it's, it's sort of thing? similar to that um and 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 what they do in this is they tell stories and and in the stories uh, are usually done by a different artist and sometimes a different writer um in this one the, the main plot's going on whatever that's fine the uh, writer is bill willingham and the artist is david peterson um, so all of a sudden you turn the page and like you're literally like transported to this other place. Uh, David Peterson, whose work I haven't seen on anything but Mouse Guard. Granted, he drew lots of animals. Um, and it was just this nice little story about this sort of mythical before time began garden where the 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 cats and the birds, you know, sort of an, a fable kind of thing, like have a war and how that's bad because something or other. But it, it was, would be uh, great if another issue of Mouse Guard would come out. Yeah, yeah. that would be well, nice. He probably made more on these. Six pages. If that's no, true. he makes a lot of money on Mouse Guard. Uh, either way, I don't know for sure. I'm assuming. Yeah, and you'd be like, "Oh no, no, I, I saw." No, no, I'm doctor's accountant. He makes yeah. quite a bit. Either way, um, <laughs> it, it's just like it was so apparent, and not that that the regular artist in this, uh, I forget Rossi, somebody Luca Rossi is not great, but uh, when you you turn that page and get to the Peterson pages, you you automatically you see the thing that is special about his work. It's right away. You just notice it. So um, that was really cool, and I think if you read it, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, Wait, the Corleone family hitman draws House of Mystery? Yeah, yeah. Luca Brazzi? No, no, no. Luca Rossi. Oh. Yeah, Luca Brazzi's dead. Yeah, he sleeps <laughs> with the fishes. Yes, he does. Um, I was on. I was at the shop, and I noticed uh, there was a little new sign under Sandman book by P. Craig Russell, um, and I was like, that's weird. And I picked it up, and I was like, I guess I'll get this. Um, and what it is is that um, the eleventh uh, Sandman book, sort of the unofficial eleventh one, is uh, the Dream Hunters, which was this story, um, like a Japanese folklore thing that uh, that that Neil Gaiman wrote, and it was illustrated by uh, a Japanese artist. I forget the name, and uh, whatever. And anyway, so now ten years later, P. Craig, P. Craig Russell. Uh, has adapted it to actual comics form because it wasn't a comic, um, and what so it's, it? it was like an illustrated story. I see. It's prose with illustrations, and and it's you know it's very nice, critically acclaimed, blah blah blah. Um, y- Yoshitaka Amano was the name, and and now like ten years later, like P. Craig Russell basically just said to Neil Gaiman, "Can I just make this into a comic?" And so he did it, and he, you know it's lettered and it's it's broken up into comic form, and it's and I it's, I've never actually read Dream Hunters. This is like getting a new Sandman story. Um, so it was really, really fun. And Pete Craig Russell did the, um, the Middle Eastern story. I forget the name of it, but everyone so, knows it. But. So this is a mini? What is this? Yeah, four issues. Right. Four issues. Um, really cool. Definitely, definitely worth getting. Uh, I, I was actually a really pleasant surprise. This was almost my pick of the week, but I really didn't want to go through that conversation. <laughs> Neil Gaiman said, 
Pico Russell said, "Hey, you want some lots more money?" And he you went, "You want another Sandman book to come out?" Yes. He <laughs> went, you, you, "You know what comic book money is to me? It's shit. <laughs> it's, it's shit. I can do an appearance at the Ramada." <laughs> and more. Me and Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Neil Gaiman just sits there. Daryl. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Wow, Josh making a baseball joke. All right, who knew? Who knew? Gorillas number two. I'm anxious to find out more gorilla Vietnam action. <laughs> Not really. This turned into basically turned into um, uh, the the strange island of Doctor Moreau kind of thing. Like yeah. That's sort of what's, but you know what? Here's what was awesome. The gorillas didn't talk. Yep. <laughs> which I thought was a really good choice yep. because. It kept it in the real. So, so for those who those who don't know, this is um, who's the guy who did this? Um, Rob Bell. Rob Bell. It's a nine issue miniseries of uh, forty eight double sized issues. They're five ninety nine a piece. So it's it's going to be a fucking tome at the end of the bo- end of the story. And it takes place in Vietnam, and a soldier stumbles upon a battalion of monkeys who are fighting in the war. And technically, but yeah, well, whatever. And um, and they're. And we, we get a little more insight in this issue as to where these monkeys came from and what they do and stuff like that. And as Josh mentioned, the monkeys do not talk and they have a medic. And it was just <laughs> so. How do they call for the? How do they call for the medic? The medic comes he has up. A hat. He has a hat with. Old... Have... <laughs> There's a page. There's a page with the medic. Basically, what happens is the lead gorilla comes over and the dude wakes up and he finds that his his wound has been sort of uh, poulticed, tended, tended to. Yeah. Um. But then the lead gorilla just starts to like jump around him like a real gorilla would and like sort of beat the ground to either side of him and look like he's going to kill him and he's making a big show about he, how he's the leader. And then he sort of gives up and walk away. So the, the soldier lights up a cigarette and all of the monkeys like go, ooh, and they come over to him because they can't use the lighter. <laughs> so they want him to light their cigarettes and cigars. And after he does that, he's cool with them. And then, and then, but that's all set up for the fact that at one point um, – one of the monkeys comes over and he starts poking the wound and the guy's like, ow, get away. And the monkey looks him straight in the eye and purses his lips and he does that thing where he points to both of his eyes like in um, like uh, John from Cincinnati. You know, the, I'm, I'm, yeah. I got, got my eye on you. That kind of right. thing. He points to his eyes and then he points to the little medic cross on his head, basically telling the guy, no, no, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then he checks the wound. It's just – it was a really, really cool page. Yeah, Like, like one was. of those pages that stands out and you're just like he got – Whatever he did, he made the monkey look real, but he also gave it an expression of, yep. of sort of indifference and seriousness. Uh, I, this guy uh, is a fantastic artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that we will hear a lot more from him going forward. Yep, well, Josh, at the end of the first issue, you weren't thrilled with the monkey development. So now with issue two, how do you feel? It was, it was really well done. I liked it. I mean, they, granted, like I said, it was like the mad scientist Dr. Moreau created something. But not bad. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. it's it's a sort of tired conceit. I mean, but because I've read it a few times, yeah. but at the same time, I I re- it, the storytelling and the stuff with I'm genuinely interested to see what the deal is going to be with these gorillas because they're not like it's not Gorilla City. You know, yeah. they're not super intelligent talking apes who just happen to look like monkeys. You know, it's not Marvel apes. Yeah. It's very different. Um, and cool. it's still hardcore. Yeah. So yeah, really, so- really great. So second issue is still time. You can probably find the first issue. You can jump on board. Yes, it's five ninety nine, but you get every dollar out of it. It's two comics. It's basically two, and it's bi monthly. So it's like yeah. So anyway, um, 
Cool. So uh, those were the books that came out this week in Connor's shitty week. Um, if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can check out all the books that came out this week. You can do your pull list and you can write your own reviews and uh, rate your comics, all that kind of stuff. Um, normally we want to we try to highlight some user reviews, but we're going to uh, skip those this, this week as uh, it's that time of month. It's that time of the month. Um, oh. oh no 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 the good the good kind it's the book of it's the book of the month um, Connor yes I have the book of the month the thing with the book of the month is the pick of the week is come is given to you you get your books it's there but you gotta you have to be proactive with the book of the month you, you gotta, gotta work for it one. you gotta work for it right yeah it it's doesn't awful. just land on, it doesn't come in your lap you have to actually go out and find one and it's work I wouldn't but, I wouldn't wish the book of the month uh, responsibility on on my worst enemy. Well, I wouldn't go that far. It's no, that no, bad. it's uh, they should they should what they should do is they should go back in time uh, to the Nuremberg trials, and they should sentence them by having to find books of the month. Wow, how did you? Um, <laughs> that's how so, awful. Someone's got book of the month next month. I do. I've already picked uh, it out. All right, so uh, so I was thinking about my book of the month, and I remembered seeing this book called Sentences: The Life of M. F. Griff from Vertigo Comics, and it was. A book I had seen around the comic stores I'd been at, and I'd seen it in Time Magazine's best graphic novels of 2007 list. And so I always meant to check it out. I figured this was a good time. I didn't pick it before, but I, I thought it was a good time because when you have the book the month, you got to find something. So I figured I'd buy a couple and pick the best one out of the ones I bought. And this this was the one I found. And this is the soft cover edition, which is new. It came out a couple weeks ago. The hardcover was the was the one that came out in 07. I remember when it when and, it came when it came out in 07. A lot of people really really liked it. It's a Vertigo book, right? Yeah, it's a Vertigo yeah, original yeah, graphic yeah. novel. A lot of people were talking about it. And what it is is the story of a uh, guy named Percy Carey who goes by M.F. Grimm. And he was a kid growing up in New York City in the um, late 70s, early 80s in the, when the birth of hip-hop's happening. And he realizes he's got a talent for hip-hop and then what happens with his life from there on. And the real conceit of the story, and, re- and I'm not into big, I'm not big into hip hop. I don't really, you know, it's not my thing. Whatever, I don't I don't have a problem with it, but I'm not really into it. But you don't need to be to like the book. What it's about is about life and what happens when you when when life doesn't go the way you plan, and what happens when you have a great talent and the things that you, your choices you make in your life sort of derail you, your 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 hopes and dreams and we the tragedy talking, of life. Talking about that earlier, I think uh, with the whole going back to high school thing. Yeah, exactly. Like so, you. You, you're, you're this guy, you're, 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 there's, there's the birth of this whole new music genre, and you found you're really talented at it, and you're growing places, and you're meeting all these big names, and you're, you're being told you're going to be a big star, and record companies want to meet you. And, and he's also, he's a kid who is growing up in the, in the, in the 70s and 80s in New York, which was, all, which was also a very violent time in the city. So he's, he's got a whole life where there's, he's, a, he's a kid who has a violent temper, so that leads to fights, which leads to guns, which leads to drugs. Hatred and that, leads to suffering, and exactly, and that kind of, and that, and that goes in conflict with his with his hip hop career, which you know is now all about not all about, but there's a segment of it that's all about guns and drugs. But at the same time, that kind of thing sort of is not good for your career. You know, if you were trying to make a career in music, uh, you know, so, selling selling drugs isn't going to help because there's lots of violence involved. Oh, that's what happened. Exactly. Well, now, but in, this, in the eighties. He he gets shot during you know he gets there's retaliation from something he did years ago and he gets shot right as he's about to get a record contract and and it's it's basically it's it's a life story from a first time writer who tells his his tale and it's a very well done tale and you can tell why he was going to be oh well, he still he does he has got a career just never the way it didn't show up the way it, it, when he wanted it to he does have a career now though but you can tell why he's so successful is because he's very good at telling the story he's very he makes it engaging 
he, t- he makes you relate to him, even if you have nothing to do with, with hip-hop or cr- crime or anything, but you can relate to the idea that he's looking back in his life now and seeing the mistakes and seeing where he did something that he shouldn't have done and why, why things went badly for him. And it's a very engaging story. For me personally, it was because you know, I grew up in New York City at the same time period. He's a little, he's a little bit older than I am. He's about four or five years older. But I think, I think, literally, you're, being, I think you're a bit too humble about your hip-hop career in the 80s, Connor. Well, I was MF Griffin. MC Kilpatrick. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he actually lived three or four blocks from where I lived, which is Isn't just it, interesting to find it's out. It's fascinating that like, you, like, literally you grew up like, right by this person. He's, he's just about your age, you know, a little bit different. But like, your experience is completely different. Like, where Absolutely. the hell else in the world can that happen? Yeah. That you can be growing up three or four blocks from somebody, and it's just like, a completely different life. Well, um, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 there's a scene in it where he talks about the importance of the corner. Mm-hmm. And all the all the kids at the time, you know, there's no fucking internet or whatever, or video games, so you hung out in the corner. Yeah. And he talks about the importance of that and how he's still friends with everybody in the corner. And it was like 84th and Amsterdam, and I live in 81st and Broadway, which is three block, four block, five blocks. What what I love one up to one three over. What is I love is that he's on his corner freestyling, and you're on your corner reading Batman. Well, the, uh, or GI Joe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> Selling lemonade. <laughs> Um, and plus, he was on—he was a—he was an actor. He was on Sesame Street. Sesame Street Studios was across the street from my building. We used to watch it from our window. So it's just a very odd. Like I'm reading the first, the beginning with all of his childhood. I'm like, whoa, wow, wait, that's weird. Like it was all. Here's a story that happened right around a block from you, and wow. you didn't realize it. And there's a lot of things that happened. And it was, it's just a very personal story. He's very good. The artist from Ronald Wimbley, who Wimberly, I'm sorry, who as it says in his bio, he drew some Vertigo. He drew uh, Sandman, I believe. Who didn't like draw Sandman? I didn't. Yeah, he did. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He did Swamp Thing. And he did Lucifer. Oh, oh. And um, he did the covers for Papa Midnight. And he's very good. And it's it's very it's sort of a realistic cartoony style. But when the action happens, the style gets sort of exaggerated. The arms get longer. The gun, you know, when there's gun violence, it gets sort of exaggerated. And it's I don't. My guess would be it's, it's sort of the. If I was explaining it, it would be the trauma of remembering these events exaggerates the memory. Mm-hmm. You know, you go. You have a regular memory of your childhood in the corner, and then when the shooting happens, everything is exaggerated in your head. So the art gets more exaggerated when the trauma happens. But um, I, I was captivated by the story. I couldn't put it down. You know, it's it's cool. a great little graphic novel. It's um, how many? I don't know how many pages it is, but it's it's not too overwhelming. I read it in one sitting. And if you really, if it's 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 a tale of redemption. He, you know, at the end of it, he comes out of the hospital when he's crippled and he still does drug sells drugs but he gets busted and goes to jail comes out of jail and realizes he can't go on like this he's ruining his life it's he's never going to make his he's never going to realize his dreams and so he's redeemed, redeemed at the end he has a career he helps kids out who are troubled and it's it's a it's a nice little redemption tale and it's a tale about how life sometimes fucks you and sometimes you fuck yourself with the choices you make and that's just a really strong book, and I would love to see. I mean, clearly, it's it's not a biography. Clearly, he's not a comic writer. But if he ever wrote anything else, I would read it because he's really good at telling a story, even if it's written very. I mean, it's very matter of fact. You know, it's not like it's no one came through and polished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very or very. If they did, they didn't do it. They didn't do like a very heavy polishing. You know, the the language is very much like he's just talking to you. So it's very in, conversational. Cool. And it's heavily captioned because it's very much. This is what happened. It was. There's not a lot. Of, there's not a ton of dialogue. Well, there is dialogue. It's mostly. It's probably seventy five percent captions. But um, very, very good. And it's only uh, seven ninety ninety four in stock trades. So. Wow. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I, I actually – I remember seeing this and um, you know, I do have a thing like when a, when a hardcover 
original graphic novel comes out, you're like, uh, I don't, I don't know, do I really want to spend the money on that? You know what I mean? But yeah. it was definitely something that uh, had intrigued me, um, and it was really, you know, it's it's cool that you that I'm I'm glad that you picked this and read it because it it's I was like, oh wow, I really do want to read this. So that definitely, it's very different. It's nothing. I don't have anything else on my shelf. Mm-hmm. That's all like, at all like this, and that's one of the reasons why I was interested in it when it first came out was because I thought oh, I don't, I've never read a uh, hip hop autobiography in comic form before. Maybe that'll be good. Yeah, and it was yeah. Good. human experience. Cool. Oh, it's sure. always interesting if well told. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. So if you're interested in picking it up, you can go to InStockTrades.com where they save up to 37 percent off all of your graphic novel needs, and they get free shipping for orders over fifty dollars, and they got a backlog. Back stock catalog of 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock available for order, and they put new releases up every Wednesday, and they ship out your orders in 48 hours really quickly. I just got an order from them, and it happened quickly. Go to www.instocktrades.com, and as I said, you can get Sentences, The Life of MF Griff for $7.94. That's cheap. I'm sorry. Griff, that, Griff, Griff uh, was Professor Griff from Public Enemy. You don't want to get right. those mixed up. Uh, so it's $7? $7? $7.94 from instocktrades.com. Wow. $7. That's great. That's awesome. Cool. So, cool. Wu Tang's in this, and Chuck D. And uh, so, m- make sure you go to ifanboy.com and look uh, in the uh, top of the page for Connor's full written book of the month review of sentences. Um, yes, and check as that well out. as a link as well as a link if you want to buy it. There's a link there for in stock trades or for Amazon, but cool, it's cheaper than stock. Yeah. All right. Um, on to the email. Our first email. Oh, co- yeah. Our first email comes from Chris from Binghamton in New York, um, who says, I was wondering which superhero's personality best character- characterizes each of you. Are you a blah-ha-ha blue beetle or a brooding daredevil? And please don't answer for yourselves. Have the other two pick a superhero, parentheses villain, with a personality they say best exemplifies you. It's just to fight with each other. Say something mean yeah. about your friends. See how they react. <laughs> Connor, Connor's Batman. Josh is Hawkeye. I'm Cyclops. Oh, that's – yeah, sure. It's reductive. <laughs> it depends on the time. Of, it depends on the day, the time. Yeah. Connor is a is some sort of Steve Ditko creation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's Mister A. Um, I I am. I guess I'm more like middle management Red Skull. I guess you are. Um, it's a good question. Yeah. Who took over the? Who took over like the team? And everyone was like, "What's that guy leading the team for?" I guess you're you're you're, you're black canary. No, <laughs> <laughs> I look great in fishnets. You have no idea. <laughs> what? Oh. Who, who said that? We, well, we saw them with on your hands. So. <laughs> uh, it's going in weird directions. It, it really is. is. Let's, it, let's move on. Connor's <laughs> not unlike Batman, though. No, he's not. He's actually, not. Yeah, I mean that. It's it's, it's kind of. I'm not on. unlike Hawkeye in my mind. <laughs> Uh, You're more like Professor X. No, I'm you know, not. He's a, he's a dick. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Awful. So uh, mean. So so mean. Josh is like speedball. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> what? Second period. Who said? Ball? Who said that? What? <laughs> See, these are these. When you put us in this position, it doesn't come out nicely. <laughs> and we and we have lives with each other. We need to be friends after this. <laughs> it's not like it's not like he thought we were gonna go. You know, I think that Captain America is really noble. And and when I think about Ron, <laughs> it's that sort of American spirit and nobility. Yeah. That I, no, I I called him an asshole. <laughs> I would like to point out he picked a Nazi for himself. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> saying. Oh, oh God. Hey, listen, this business has to get done. Uh, Jason actually had a letter, and he said, uh, number one, uh, well, he, like, let's see, sorry. C- Connor, do you want to read this? <laughs> I hear you guys often saying this will read better in trade, and I was thinking about this myself. What makes the trade reading experience different? Personally, I tend to read a full trade or most of it in one sitting. Uh, I'll have a cup of tea, grab a beer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he's, he's been recently enjoying no, uh, no Man's Land. He read Volume 1, but the second volume didn't do it for him, and he realized that that was because Volume 1 was sort of two large arcs, and then Volume 2 was a bunch of little short arcs and, and some one-offs by you know, five different writers. And it seems that, that trades are better suited for longer arcs by fewer creators, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what makes it a different reading experience? Is it not having to wait? Is it, you know, is no ads? Is it, is, what is it? You didn't actually read the email. You completely I, I, didn't read the email at all. <laughs> it's just like... I, <laughs> um, um, I, don't, I don't know. Hold, so, hold on. Let, let, me, let, let me read the end because he brings up some points that we should yeah. address. He says, do you like the trade because you don't have to wait? You have to wait for the single issues, but you have to buy the trade takes forever. There's no ads in the trades. Skip the, skip the ads in the pamphlets. You don't like spines. You don't. You can't even open a trade paperback. These are all his ag- arguments against trade reading. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm unlike Jason in that I don't sit down and read a trade in one sitting. I tend to read a trade kind of like how I read a book, kind of like in chapter. Like I'll read a little bit at a time, you know, like over a few nights. Um, I don't really differentiate between the two. I just reading. Reading's reading. I think he nailed it in the in the no man's land thing. I, I think that when guess, you have a story, but that's, that's really very, specific. That's really specific, and it's also it's also how your taste is. I read No Man's yeah. Land trade a couple months ago, and it was great. The, the thing is, his argument for No Man's Land applies to Sandman too. No, it does. But yeah. I mean, like that's what I like when you take a story like that, the the Vertigo kind of story, the long serialized things. Yeah, you know, even you know, Invincible, those kind of things that they they read really well in that long long format. Uh, you know, like uh, when it's just one. Story. I'm having fun. Oh, I'm no. having fun. I'm not. Get, I'm not getting into the issues versus trades argument again. I mean, because it's not. It, yeah, it's asking what it is I like about it. This is what yeah. it is. You can. Yeah. You have. Everybody's got their own opinion. This is mine. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, you also and, pretty much answered in the first, the second sentence is why? Why do I like it? Because I get to read a full story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One sitting. That's. that's he, what, you know, he also kind of put up why he didn't get through the second volume of it as easily, which is because it was sort of an anthology. There wasn't right. as much of a single thread. Um, yeah. No Man's Land's problematic because they didn't they didn't collect half the story. Right. So that's that's a weird example because it well, was it was actually ten t- ten trades worth of story reduced to four trades. Well, that, that's the thing is that uh, I don't think I, I don't think any grouping of trades is gonna is gonna set the example or set the experience. I think there. I mean, like quite often the majority of trades I read are because I didn't get the issues and because I'm catching up because it, it's collected in that kind of collected edition. You know, whereas Connor, you, like you you don't take as much risks with the indie books and you wait for the trade. You know, to get it all in one thing. Well, I, honestly, know. if we didn't do the show, I'd wait for trades for everything at this point. Yeah. It's just a matter of I only have to keep up with the superhero stuff to stay current on the show. If I didn't have to do that, I would just read everything trade. Oh, geez. Well, maybe you should talk to HR. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just think it's, I think for everybody, it's very, very individual. So it doesn't really, you know, I, I, I for one, don't really differentiate between the two. A, a collection is a collection, is a, is a reading, is a, is a comic, is a comic. So. Well, his, his, his second question, what makes the trade experience different, is that it's, it's a different experience than a, yeah. than a single issue. You get the whole package. You get the whole yeah. thing. You don't have – and, the, yeah, you can skip the – the ads are not a big deal. I skip them in the, in the issues anyway, but it's more of an idea of I can sit down and read – what was the last trade I read? Uh, it was a joke. It was a one-shot one thing. But, you know, I can read uh, – I read Northlanders just recently, and I, read, yeah. I got the entire Sven story in one, in one night. I didn't have yeah. to wait for eight months or whatever it took to come out, and that was what I, that's what I, what I want when I read. 
Yeah. All right. Um, so if you have an opinion on how you like to read trades, uh, you can choose the email at contact at ifanboy.com or you can write about anything else you like. Uh, just ask us questions at contact at ifanboy.com. I wanted to tell you about iVerse Media. Uh, they are bringing digital comics to the iPhone and the iPod Touch. They have several titles available right now, and you can go, and some of them are even free. If you go to iTunes and you search iVerse Media, you'll find uh, they're doing Proof. Awesome. a great comic to have. Uh, Shadowhawk. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Flash Gordon, uh, which is that new comic adaptation that just came out. A lot of people really like that. Cool. Oz the Manga, Wrath of the Titans, um, and, and even more. You can get them from the iTunes App Store. You, uh, if you, like I said, you just search Iverse Media, and you can go check them out at IverseComics.com. Uh, they were at Wizard World this weekend, uh, which was over by now, so that's not helping anyone out. Um, but uh, I just wanted to say, I actually wrote a thing about how I didn't really want comics on my iPhone. Uh, I downloaded some of these, and I looked through them, and the way that they broke them up, uh, was really beneficially uh, for the for the format. Like it was really good. I was cool. reading through proof, and I was actually really impressed. Cool. Is, um, is they, Oz they, the manga like like Oz Oz? I believe it's like L. Frank Baum. Oh, not not um not Adam no, Easy. yeah, no, not the damn. other one. Damn. Okay. Not the other one. But but I, I they they made me change my tune. Cool. Via iTunes. Cool. Mm. Iverse Media, or I'm sorry, it's IverseComics.com. I gotta get that right. There's banners on the site, so you can click through through there. I v e r s e comics dot com. One word. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. But some of them are free. Try them out. Okay. Um, all right. On to the voicemail. Our first voicemail uh, was demanding some answers. Hey guys, this is Ian from Madison, Wisconsin. My question is about a couple of Marvel books that you guys don't seem to mention much. That I think are probably two of the better books they're putting out. Um, one would be Thor which I think has been great since the beginning. And I heard it mentioned once by Josh, and he liked the issue, which I actually think was possibly the worst issue of the run so far. So I was wondering what is keeping you guys from reading it or mentioning it on the show. Had a great moment this week uh, with the spirit of Captain America. That was pretty awesome. Um, And the other book needs some support, and that's The Eternals, which I think might be canceled soon if no one starts buying it. I think it's around 20,000. Um, but I wonder why no one buys these books by the father-son team of the Knopfs. Uh, seems like no one buys their books, yet they keep writing good stories. So um, I'm wondering what might be keeping you guys away from that as well, because I just think that's great. It's really dense, awesome stuff. So uh, that's my question, and that's it. Thank you. Bye. Well, as the main, I mean, the easy answer is neither, neither of us, none of us read Thor or Eternal, so that's probably why we'd ever talk about him. But a lot of people talked about that. No, the issue with Thor, I think, was number eleven. Was yes. the one that came out most recently. I had the Captain America scene. Everybody was talking about it, so I got my hands on it. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I like. I, mainly, we don't read Thor because J. Michael Straczynski. None of us have. We're all been burned by him before. No more. But I did. I did like the way he wrote Captain America in the past. So I was looking forward to it. And it was. It was pretty good. I don't know how I felt about it. I don't know how I felt about Cap showing up like that again. You know, I've decided how I feel about Steve Rogers showing up in this weird cloak mm-hmm. in the Thor book and talk, and then and I don't know, I just something felt wrong to me about it. So I didn't really love it. But uh, and then the rest of the issue was all about this other stuff that I didn't really care about. I skipped it to the Captain America scene. But yeah, I mean, basically, I have a I have a strong J. Michael Straczynski aversion. Like I I I don't like the way that he writes. I wrote a whole. I mean, I, and I read the first. I read the first Thor hardcover. It was okay, but like, there's this. 
pompousness in the writing. Like there's, <laughs> yeah. There is. It, there's yeah. like a really like it's trying to be way more heady and important than it should be. And it's it's trying too hard. And that's one of the reasons I didn't like it. It's a gorgeous book. It's great. I love Thor. That's why I don't read it, though. Um, I've, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you like you like the Simonson Thors, so you, it's not like you don't. Yeah, you like Thor. I love James. Thor. Thor is one of my favorite Where, characters. Conversely, I've never been able to get into Thor. I've never really like liked them, liked them as on, on an ongoing standpoint. I just have no interest. And same thing with the Eternals. I mean, I read Gaiman's um, uh, that that series on the Eternals, and it was alright. I mean, like it didn't yeah, blow me away. It was okay. Yeah. So I mean, like it's a, it just I read the for whatever reason it doesn't get me on that level that I need to be gotten on. You know, so funny they're both kirby i read uh i read the first there's a lube joke in there somewhere (laughs) i read the first issue of of the new eternals the one that you're talking about i just wasn't impressed to keep going i guess who writes it do you remember the knopf brothers or Uh, father and son i forget what they they are they did um they did iron man they did and and that was pretty good uh he just they just did the uh, captain america zero point or whatever that was that came out last week um but like I, I read the first issue, I was like meh, and I, I didn't, I didn't add it, so that's why. Yeah, All right. yeah I, I don't know about the characters; they don't interest me. I the, the game is, I bought the game in series for game and end because Romita's drawing. I didn't really the characters yeah, themselves. It was Romita, really yeah. Me. All right, um, cool. So uh, if you have a question and you want to send us a voicemail, you can call us at one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And you can check out ifanboy.com for Josh's full pick of the week review, my full book of the month review, and all of our in-depth comic book discussion. You can go every Monday to see the new books of the week, make your pull lists, and you can come back on Wednesday, read, write reviews about them and all that stuff. And there's lots of fun in our daily writers. Everything's happening at ifanboy.com. Yay. And while at ifanboy.com, you should check out ifanboy.com forward slash store, uh, where we've teamed up with Amazon to uh, uh, serve up some of the best comics that you can buy, as well as you can shop for all your video games, music, computer games, whatever you might need, um, uh, electronics. You can all get it through Amazon at ifanboy.com forward slash store, and it helps us out in the process. So thank you. Uh, and, and the video, video show. God, oh, oh, Lord, the video show. Uh, every single Wednesday, revision3.com slash iFanboy are new episodes, and they're, they're still coming, fast and furious. Uh, this past week, there was the Best of Image, which we took a look at sort of the many wonderful and diverse books that are coming out from Image Comics this week and barely talked about Kirkman. Hmm? Impressive. Uh, and coming up this week, uh, these are we got comics that they made movies from that are not superhero comics, uh, to put it unelegantly. But we talk about some of the some of the books that that really popular movies have been based on that uh, people didn't necessarily know were from comics. So we actually talk about those books and show you what they look like. Good show. Good show. And if you want an iFanboy T-shirt, you're gonna have to wait until <laughs> the revision three until the revision three store opens, and then you can get a T-shirt there. It's coming. Okay. Trust me. I was in a meeting this week. It looks really great. It's gonna be by Thanksgiving. So <laughs> it's not a, no more jinxcom fanboy. That's out. Yes. Wait for the revision three store. We'll let you know. But if until then, if you got any pictures of yourself. We're in the iFanboy t-shirt. Go to flickr.com slash group slash iFanboyPride and post your picture there. Some, there was an awesome update recently. Some dude with a f- flaming stick yeah. wearing an iFanboy t-shirt, which was yeah, awesome. He was, was awesome. on fire. Yeah. yeah. That would have been bad. Um, as mentioned earlier in the show, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. When emailing or voicemailing, please tell us your name and where you're from. And when you're calling, please try to limit it to 30 seconds. We love to hear from you, so please keep the emails and voicemails coming in. If you are on the internet and you're living in a web 2.0 world or whatever number we happen to be on now, because, I, again, I can't count, uh, get to ifanboy.com slash about, and there you will find... 
helpful links to all of our social networking things. You yes, and uh, yes, yes. Connor agrees. When it comes to social networking, Connor says, "Yes, exactly." <laughs> Especially Twitter.com/slash/fanboy or our individual ones, which is where you can find our our um, announcements. And we didn't we didn't live broadcast this show, but we will be doing another one soon. That's where we'll, we'll announce it on Twitter. So if you want to follow that and come see us, you need to be on Twitter following us. And if you're on the internet following us on Twitter, you should go to iTunes and leave us a review for this show and for the uh, video show. It helps people find the show. It's a good um, way to get the word out, and it's easy and it's fast. So we appreciate if you leave us a review there. Thank you. And tell the friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yes. And if you like what we do here at iFanboy and you want to help us out, you can uh, donate to the cause by going to iFanboy.com forward slash donations. Um, we appreciate everybody who's donated so far. We know times are tough in these economic times. Um, but uh, if you go to iFanboy.com forward slash donations, you can choose any denomination you like, pay through PayPal. We appreciate it. It helps us for giving you this uh, content on a daily basis. So, Yes. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> Josh let's, <says> yes. <laughs> let's hope next week yields a better load of comics. Yes. Yes. So until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Yes. <laughs> Josh. <laughs>